been severely flogged when they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Do not harm yourself! We are all here! The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. <laughs> you and your household. <laughs> then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. What an amazing story. Years ago, as an assignment, I wrote this story out in poetic form as though it was Silas speaking. If he wrote an article for the paper, how would he write it? If he had a column called the Silas Report, what would it say? Jailhouse Rocks, the Silas Report is the headline. Our backs were beat and bleeding our feet made fast in stocks. We had been through much mistreating. But Paul said, you better be glad they didn't throw rocks. He had cast out a damsel's demon by using Jesus' name. Local businessmen started screaming, having lost divination game. Accused and arrested as a public menace, cast in the inner cell. To cold, heavy chains, we were sentenced with the bats, the rats, and the smells. Can you imagine? We believed on Jesus. We prayed we would be saved, began to smile and sing his praises, glad to suffer for his name. Recalled to memory our God's greatness, didn't hear any skeptics or prisoners mock. His presence came in power and sweetness till that place did, the jailhouse rock. Chains were loosed and stocks fell off. 
free were Paul and I. We found the jailer in the hall, drawn and ready to suicide. What must I do to be saved, he asked, to which we did reply. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and your household shall be saved. Later on, they too sang praises. His family baptized in the name. Friends, are you bound by pain? Are you chained by care? Could you use relief? For you is unrest everywhere. Where can you find true hope and lasting peace? Recall to memory our God's greatness and don't hear the skeptics mock. Pray in faith and sing his praises till he too your jailhouse rocks. Welcome to Acts, our journey through the book of Acts, where we see the continuation of the ministry that Jesus began, and we've already arrived in Acts 16. These guys had cast the demons out of a girl who was basically being a distraction. Every time they saw her, she would begin to yell. She had some credibility in the neighborhood as being an effective or accurate fortune teller. People believed in her, and so her owner, she was a slave, her owners were making money off of her. So Paul got annoyed with her for constantly hollering, hey, these men are servants of the highest God. Now you may think, uh, what's the problem with that? You know, they are the servants of the highest God. But if you're a pagan, for you, the highest pagan deity, the highest God is Zeus or Jupiter. And so um, they put a stop to it by casting the demons out of her. Now she lost the ability to tell fortunes, predict the future, and her masters lost income. They were mad, so they drummed up fake charges, got the people all fired up, stirred up some anti-Semitism. These Jews have come here to mess with our culture. And they tore their clothes off and beat them with rods, many stripes, and threw them into prison. Verse 24 says, they got put in the inner prison, so not just prison itself, but in the dungeon, in solitary confinement where the two of them couldn't uh, relate to others, and their feet were fastened in stocks as if they could go anywhere just to make them uncomfortable. But at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing. And the prisoners could hear them, and they were listening. I do not know what kind of prayers they prayed, but I know that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think. Who knows that? Who's ever had a prayer answered? Who's ever experienced God doing more than you asked him for? He's able to do that. And so they're praying some big prayers, I'm sure, but when the answer came, it was absolutely stunning all that happened, the ripple effect of God hearing their prayers. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. The foundations were shaken and immediately all the doors are open. Well, if your foundation gets cracked or goes off, guess what happens in your house? Doors won't stay shut. You can't close them anymore. But then, beyond that, chains began to fall off. This thing was in the air. And the keeper of the prison got all shook up. He was going to kill himself. And he was stunned by this. And for some reason, there was a question in his heart, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
He gave them great disrespect, no doubt, when they came in. They weren't given any medical treatment. Thrown in the inner cell, no doubt threatened, cursed, called names. Who knows? Here, sirs, which is the word for Lord. Lords, Senor, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. A lot of people quote that verse, and they just stop there. They don't read the story. Take it out of context. And There's people at home today sipping suds. Them and Jesus got their own thing going. They don't ever fellowship with other believers. They have no input of the Word of God. Well, the Bible says, if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll be saved, and my family will too. And I believe there was a man named Jesus. He existed, so I'm saved. Well, notice what the promise was. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. And we say will you and your household. Their believing went beyond mental assent. Look at the next verse. They spoke the word of the Lord to him. Faith comes by hearing God speak, right? Faith comes by hearing the word. So they heard the word. They heard the content of Jesus and what it means to believe in him. They spoke the word not only to him, but everybody in his house heard the word. So if you believe in Jesus, you're a true believer, that blesses your family, but it's important for your family to hear the word. Well, I'm going to let my kids make up their mind when they grow up who they're going to serve. I'm not going to cram religion down their throat. Well, you better at least expose them to the word of God. Otherwise, they will not serve God and your heart will be broken. So expose them to the truth so they too can become believers. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Even the saints in the Old Testament had sense enough to know your children will go astray unless you train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Sometimes a rebellious kid will say, yeah, you cram Jesus down my throat. Well, cram away, sister and brother and mom and dad, because the word of God does not return void. It will come to pass. That was for somebody. And so they hear the word, and I believe he becomes a believer because believers want to please Jesus, right? And two things happened. He took care of their wounds. He washed their stripes. Now they get medical treatment. And then he and his family are baptized. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. So they weren't rushed into the water to be baptized. Sometimes people push baptism too much and they rush people in the water, and they're not even believers yet. So the water's not magic. The Word of God is powerful, and it generates faith, saving faith in our hearts. And when we become believers, we want to obey the Lord, right? And proof that we are believers is our obedience to being baptized. Then he took them home and fed them. He rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. What a story. God had answered their prayer. God had responded to their praises. I would like to speak to you today on the subject, the power of prayer and, everybody say and, and praise. A lot of people pray, but they don't do much praising. And some people are into praising, but they don't do much praying. And so this sermon today is to motivate, not to generate guilt, but to generate motivation to seek the Lord with all your heart and to give him some praise because who knows what in your life 
will be overcome. Prayer and praise are our weapons, right? Pick up your weapons and fight. Watch this story. Ten-year-old Willie Myrick loves playing the drums, something he hopes one day to do at his church. Born to atheist parents, Willie was raised by his godmother, Codetta Bateman, who took him to church. It was there that he learned about God and developed a passion for the Bible. Pastor, he talks about, like, different scriptures, and we're on Genesis 31 now. But he tells us a little stuff about him, and he goes over it every Sunday. Codetta says she's seen Willie's faith blossom over the years. Faith is important to this house and, and everything, and, and believing in God is important. So I should, you know, in this house, we go to church. He know God, he know Jesus. While most kids his age are busy playing video games, Willie spends his free time studying the Word of God. His favorite scripture? Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says God is his best friend. I always think that God is with me everywhere I go. Like when I'm in bed, he has a chair, he's just watching. CBN News got a taste of his love for memorizing the books of the Bible. Okay, ready? Go. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. In April, while playing with his dog in the front yard of his Atlanta home, Willie came face to face with a kidnapper, putting his childlike faith to the test. Some guy came up in a silver, silver or gray hundo cord. Man tussled me in the car. The man tussled you in the car. Willie says he wanted to yell for help, but the man covered his mouth. Traumatized, Willie feared for his life. Cursing, cursing, cursing. I was thinking that he's going to hurt me bad, bad, real bad. Thrown into the back of a locked car, Willie's fear soon gave way to faith in the form of a gospel song he learned at church. He began singing it in the back seat. God's my deliverer. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Every prayer Every praise is to our God. The popular song, Every Praise, by Grammy Award-winning artist Hezekiah Walker, is one of Willie's favorites. I knew it by heart. I sang it, the whole thing by heart. And God, if you praise the, if you praise the Lord, he'll help you in a mysterious way. Despite repeated threats, Willie sang nonstop while the man drove around for three hours. I was just sing singing passion and pride, so I didn't care what, what happened. Agitated by the constant singing, the man eventually let Willie out of the car. He was shaken but unharmed. I guess he was mad, so he dropped me out. Willie ran to a nearby home and called his godmother. Willie's story made headlines around the world, leading to talk show appearances like Arsenio Hall. He even got the chance to perform his song of deliverance with Walker. While he's enjoying being in the media spotlight, he says he's just an ordinary kid who serves an extraordinary God. It really doesn't matter to me. As long as I still have Jesus and he's still working, doing his little magic. Well, it's not magic, it's just power. Charlene Aaron, CBN News, Atlanta.
Amen. The power of prayer and praise works for children too. Why prayer and praise? God knows what we need before we ask. Why can't we just ask? Why, why prayer and praise? Is God's self-esteem low and he needs for us to build it up? No. Praise encourages us. Praying and praising as a lifestyle is a good way to consistently, can somebody say consistent? Consistently be peaceful. Are you a drama queen or are you explosive sometimes? Is your peace consistent or inconsistent? I'm not saying we have to be flatline people, but I think sometimes we get rattled too easily by life's cares when we have the weapon of prayer and praise at our disposable disposal 24-7 and can put our cares in a disposable. Amen? To this very town, this church in Philippi, Paul wrote a letter to this church as it got established later, years later. He told them, this very community, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. So we're supposed to pray about everything and be thankful in the midst of everything. That's prayer and praise. What's the result of that? Is it just that your prayer will be answered one day, sometimes sooner than later? Let me just, speaking of answered prayer, God hears us when we ask, and I believe he answers when we ask, unless we ask amiss, contrary to his will, all right? But if we ask in alignment with his will, he answers, but his answers are in his timing. There's a thing called divine delay. You know, everybody wants a divine appointment, but nobody wants a divine delay. But the divine delay is his way of getting you to the divine appointment. He's lining things up for you. If everything was instantaneous, then we wouldn't grow in faith, we wouldn't grow in hope, we wouldn't grow in patience, long-suffering, endurance, and character. So somewhere along the timeline of your life, you're going to experience that answer. So let's say I'm going to live to be 90. So here's my life, from zero to 90. So right now I'm 16 and dyslexic. And I pray a big prayer, and God hears my prayer, and it's in alignment with his will for my life, in alignment with his word. He answers that prayer in the perfect timing. But right now I'm experiencing what I call delay. He's, he doesn't see it as delay. You know, a day with him is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day, you know. I did the math one day. What would, if, that's a, if that is a formula, like some people treat it, uh, what is one second? It's over four days. So time with God is different. So he answers my prayer. And so when the answer manifests in my life, or where I experience the answer, whether it's next year or 10 years from now or whatever, I say, oh, God finally answered my prayer. No, it's not that his answer was delayed. It's that I was on my way to the answer. It's not that God's answer to your prayers is on the way to you. No, you are on your way to the answer. Think about it. That being the case, is there any other benefits of praying and praising? Here it is in the rest of verse 7. And if you do these things, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I have been in the pits and meet with God in prayer through praise, 
and I get a sense it's all going to work out. Sometimes I pray in agreement with another person who reminds me of the truth. We pray together. We know God has heard our prayer. And peace comes that we don't understand, and it's in spite of the circumstances. Maybe it's going to be all a testimony to this is the country of Zimbabwe. This kind of thing will have an impact on a nation. Who knows that's true? Zimbabwe is a Christian nation, even though you may not know it. If you look at what has observed in their land, 37 years ago they got the right to vote, and they voted in a guy who did well his first few years, and then his wife died. Who knows a wife can be a good balancer? She was irreplaceable. She was from Ghana, and she learned some things from the Nkrumah regime and just had wisdom for President Robert Mugabe. Well, he did remarry, but there was no balancing there, and he began to make foolish decisions, and over the years, they began to print money when they needed it. And hyperinflation hit. This is what concerns me about our country with national debt. Just, man, somewhere the balloon's going to break. Anyway, but that's a whole other subject. So in the midst of this, their currency gets canceled. Their children are having to go to other countries to earn a living. There's over a million people scattered that I know of in the world. They call it the diaspora that send money back home. Can you imagine have, having money in the bank and the currency just gets canceled? In fact, there's a church we're closely related to, Yvette and I are, in Zimbabwe that had over a million U.S. dollars equivalent in their currency. Of course, in their currency, it was in the quadrillions of dollars because they were, you know, in the, in the trillion-dollar notes were worth a dollar. So hyperinflation hit. And when they canceled the currency, the church lost their entire building fund. You imagine loaning $1,000 to somebody, and then when they finally pay you back, that $1,000 isn't worth what you loan. If it was America, they would be burning police cars, setting capitals on fire, riots in the street. National Guard would be on constant duty, right? Prisons would be uh, multiplying, but not so in Zimbabwe. Why? Prayer and praise. People prayed. Nine years ago, my wife Yvette and Cindy Neal got to go and participate in a Zimbabwean prayer summit. They experienced prayer meetings that lasted up to 12 hours long, and it didn't seem that long. Now, it looks like their prayers are being answered. Good things are happening. They got rid of that bad guy, got somebody in. We're not sure about him, but they're continuing to pray and praise. Amen? So what kept the people at peace? Well, the weather's beautiful, but hey, a beautiful day is a great day for a fight, isn't it? So it was prayer and praise that kept the country together intact when ridiculous things were happening in their economy. People were disappearing at night, never to reappear. Injustice galore happening to them, a violation of all sorts of rights. And yet, good things are happening now, and yet they stayed stable. Why? Prayer and praise keeps us at peace. This land, our land, is our Zimbabwe, a land of peace for you and me, once born in pain.
and segregation, but now we live in harmony. Now flies a flag, our nation's glory. We'll live with pride inside our hearts as we all stand to build a nation. This our land, our Zimbabwe. Just bow our heads, Father. We're in the middle of the sermon right now, but Lord, I just want to pause and pray for Zimbabwe that your peace would continue to reign there, but that, Lord, that the corruption would completely be removed in Jesus' name. Let this nation be a testimony to the world. Amen. Don't discount what I said about peace being there. Well, they're just African people and that's the way they are. That is not true. When I was a kid, we lived in Liberia and there was a dispute at a soccer game that destroyed the stadium. Power of prayer and praise. When should we pray and when should we praise? Is there an ideal time? Well, getting up early is a good time to be praying. Psalm 63.1, David said, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you in a dry and thirsty land. Proverbs 8, wisdom is speaking. The voice of wisdom says in verse 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me early will find me. Can you say first? God is the first, and he is the last. There's Shabbat, the Sabbath, that's the last day of the week, and there's the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which brings us to our next point. Staying up late is a good time. Late, late, late is a good time to be thankful, to be praising. Psalm 119.62, David said, At midnight I will rise to give thanks to you. Think about it. You start your day with prayer. Lord, I thank you that I've woken up to live another day, and I need your help today. I haven't cursed yet. I haven't bitten anybody yet. I haven't been tempted to be violent, but I'm fixing to get out of bed, and I'm going to need your help. But then the end of the day is a good time to be thankful, right? Lord, I thank you that I didn't hit anybody. Thank you, Lord, that 
that uh, we overcame today. Thank you, Lord, for that prayer that was answered today that I asked. Thank you, Lord, that I'm going to experience the answer. Thankfulness. Psalm 42, verse 8 says, The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. In Psalm 77, 6, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart, and my spirit makes diligent search. It's important what we think about. Real important. To just let our minds go and do whatever we want with them. Man, you let a train of depression start running in your life. Guess what? That thing's got a caboose full of snakes. So headed off at the pass with praying and praising. What for? Is there any other good reasons for praying? Suffering's a good reason to be praying. Is any among you suffering? James said in chapter 5 of his letter. Then he must pray. The King James says, Is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. Begin to call on your God. Well, I'm not very faithful at prayer, so I'm not worthy to pray. Man, you've got to understand the heart of God. He's so happy to hear from you. You think he's going to shut that down with guilt? Saying, well, where have you been? Fine fellow you are. Fine sister you must be. Now that you need me, here you Some parents are that way, you know. Kids only come around when they have a need. And we want to rub it in. Well, where have you been, you know? But God's not like that. He's thrilled to have us come, commune with him, present our needs. If you're suffering, you better pray and receive prayer. Well, why sing? Such a kind of a silly thing, say, not just saying something, but singing it to a tune. What, what, what's the point of that? Well, it's a way of making our hearts merry. Cheering up is a good cause to be singing. Now, it's important for us to do. Proverbs also says, taking away someone's coat on a cold day is like singing songs to a heavy heart. So, just to sing to somebody or to make them listen to you sing when they're depressed, that could be as tormenting as taking away warm clothes on a cold day. But if you're the one in the, in the tough place, you better start singing, even if it's the blues. You know, some of our songs are born out of pain. Farther along, we'll all understand it. We'll understand it better by and by, by and by, Lord, when the morning comes. We will, all the saints will be gathered home. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Now, obviously, if someone's cheerful, it's easier to sing, right? But the word there for cheerful could also mean cheer up. It's euthymeo. Anyone needing to cheer up? Sing some praises. This is what Paul and Silas were doing. They were cheering themselves up. They were reminding themselves of God's goodness. That's what Willie Myrick was doing. 
in the back of that car. He couldn't get out. This guy bigger than him, he was only nine years old at the time. Every praise to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior. He's encouraging himself. He's singing praises to God. Cheering himself up rather than crying for his mommy. Which is typical for a child. Back to Zimbabwe. Don't you know 37 years, they got tired of singing sad songs? Yet they exercise the power of music. One of their singers, Oliver Untukudzi, wrote a sad song but put a happy beat to it. And when I first heard it, I thought, that is so strange. But it is powerful. It gets down in your bones. The lyrics to the song you're about to hear, performed by him, is, Hear, Lord, hear me, I pray. Hear, Lord, hear me, I pray. Help me now. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, I'm feeling low. Help me now. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, I'm feeling low. Bonnie Raitt has recorded it, so you've probably heard it before if you're a fan of hers. Here is Oliver Umtukudzi singing, Hear Me, Lord. I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees. I'm on my knees. Help me now. Help me, Lord. I am feeling low. Power singing. Years ago, we had a precious family come to our church. Actually, they came for years. They lived in Glenrose. They had been missionaries to the Cameroon as Wycliffe Bible translators. Dennis and Karen Punches with two sons and a daughter. Dustin and Nathan were the younger, the sons, and then the eldest child was a remarkable girl named Danielle. And in the middle of their season with us, they were missionaries for about a year to Honduras. And uh, while there, another missionary volunteered to take the students who were getting close to getting out of high school, the missionary kids that were close to leaving home, on a retreat to Guatemala. So they went to Antigua, Guatemala, which is a beautiful city, and they were going to leave there on an excursion. And so this missionary is driving this van full of teenagers. And uh, they get pulled off the road by bandits. 
and in his effort to get around him, they shot through the windshield and killed him dead. And of course, the van came to a stop. So here they are, surrounded by bandits at gunpoint. I spoke to Dennis yesterday just to refresh my memory on the story. What did the teenagers do during that time? They prayed and they sang for hours. The bandits left. Are they going to come back? The threat was very real. They prayed and they sang. And finally, it was Danielle that had the bowl and said, we got to get out of this van and go get some help. And they did. It paid off. Danielle came through that and told her parents, I always wondered what I would do if I was in a life or death situation. And she says, I know I will not welt. I know I will be brave because of that situation. And she is on the road right now raising funds as a missionary with her husband who's going to be a pilot with Missionary Aviation Fellowship. They're actually leaving in a few months. They were going to go to the Middle East, but now they're going to go to Haiti. She's fearless because she understands the power of praying and singing, prayer and praise. How to pray. Uh, Jesus gave us a model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. It's good to just memorize that and repeat that. But in that prayer are different kinds of aspects of prayer, including praise, adoration, petition. But also Jesus talked about agreeing in prayer. Agreeing is a good means for being heard. He said in Matthew 18, verse 19, Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Everybody say, will be done. Anything will be done in agreeing. Who to include? Now, Jesus did talk about the importance of praying in your closet, praying by yourself. Um, if you want to actually get in your closet, you can, but it was, it's a solitary room to be alone, you and God, your war room, whatever you want to call that. That's cool if you have that. That's great. But you need more than just you and Jesus because Jesus relates to us individually, but he also relates to us corporately. Look at this promise. Praying together is good if you want to be in his presence. Same chapter of Matthew 18, verse 20. The next verse says, Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. This verse is written in the context of prayer. It's often quoted at small, discouraging prayer services. Well, Jesus is here. Wherever two or three are, he is here. And they miss the whole point. Pray in agreement with others. Your prayer will be heard because wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst. He's there with them. So, praying together is good to be in his presence. It's important to include others in our prayers if you want to include Jesus. You see that promise. How often should we practice prayer and praise? Just Sunday morning only? If that's the only time you pray and praise, I don't want to put that down. That's good, but you're, you're missing something. You're getting ripped off. Prayer and praise are a weapon to use to face life because life can suck. Who knows that's true? Injustice is everywhere. Praying always is good in order to be obedient. It's actually uh, something we're supposed to do. If we don't, we're not obedient. 
1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, Rejoice always. When? How often? Pray without ceasing, which is always. In everything, give thanks. So always. Well, I don't feel very good. Well, that's all the more reason. If anyone's afflicted, let him pray. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is God's will for us. There are unbelievers that are getting ripped off of so much peace that can be in their life. Power of prayer and praise. So things like worship Wednesday are important. It's an infusion. It's an opportunity to agree together in praise and even prayer with other believers even in the middle of the week. So just remind you of that. As the praise team comes forward, we're going to practice the sermon today. We're going to praise the Lord.
for his realized presence. We are aware of his presence that's already there. Praise helps us do that. The other thing praise helps us do is helps us look beyond the now into the future. In spite of what it looks like now, the story's not over. Praise! 